Amen. This phrase just came up in my spirit. It is the spirit that quickeneth. Amen. He's a quickening spirit. He makes and brings to life things that have been dead. Amen. Romans 8.11 says, Since the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead, he will quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit, who is that quickening spirit that dwelleth in you. Amen. So we don't have to look very far, amen, to be quickened. Place your hand over your heart and say, thank God. The quickener lives on the inside of me. Hallelujah. I declare that the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead, he quickens my mortal body. Right now, I believe that I receive quickening, healing, strength in my physical being. In the name of Jesus, I call every organ and every tissue of my body functioning in the perfection that God created it to function. And I forbid, say that real strong, and I forbid any malfunction in my body because my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, I declare I am being quickened, that I am healed, and I am whole from the crown of my head to the soles to the tip of my toes. Now let's just raise our hands and give him praise right now. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you're not limited. You are not limited in any way, fashion, or form in this place. Thank you for moving in each person. Thank you for healing and health that springs forth speedily. Thank you for restoring health unto us and healing of every wound. For you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And with your stripes, we are healed. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. A constant, careful study of God's word will keep you strong and healthy all the days of your life. For we have been instructed to attend to the word, to incline our ear to it, to let it not depart from before our eyes, and to keep God's word in the midst of our heart. And so today, Lord, we feast upon your word. Even as the word of the Lord is preached on I Choose Hope, we declare in the name of Jesus that we shall be quickened, that we shall be encouraged, that we shall be strengthened, and our eyes shall be enlightened, for revelation knowledge flows in this place freely, and we glorify you today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 and... I didn't quite get done with uh, 
I Choose Hope last week, and then we're in our series on I Choose. We have chosen life, amen? We have chosen His ability, and now we are choosing to live a hope-filled life with a joyful, confident expectation of good. Now, in Romans fifteen thirteen, it says, May the God of hope, this is one of my prayers for you, one of, one of my prayers for myself, May the God of hope so fill us with all joy, in peace, in believing, through the experience of our faith, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that by the power of the quickener, that you may abound and be overflowing and bubbling over with hope. Amen. What this is saying is that you and I have the ability to abound in joyous, confident expectation. Amen. Hope simply means to be intensely expectant, to be confidently looking forward to something that you fully expect to happen. Now, anybody in this auditorium, anyone can make a decision. Any one of you today can choose hope over despondency. Amen? We read it last week where the psalmist said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Basically what the psalmist is saying, I would have lost heart. I would have lost hope. Amen? And so this morning, we're going to talk more about abounding in hope. Having an expectation to see great and glorious things in our lives. Amen. Having an expectation to see great and glorious things in our nation. Having an expectation to see great and glorious things in every area of our lives. You know, being a leader and being a pastor, sometimes we're asked the question, well, what is the most single important thing you do as a leader? The answer is simply this. I make sure that I stay encouraged. Amen. I make sure that I stay encouraged. If I do not encourage myself in the Lord, there's no way that I can encourage you. If I don't stir myself up and the gifts of God that he has placed on the inside of me, there's no way you're going to want to come to church and see a burnt out pastor. Amen. I mean, you may feel for the pastor. You may pray for the pastor. But you know what? You want a pastor that's on fire. You want a pastor that's encouraged. Amen. And likewise, I want a congregation that stirs themselves up. I also want a congregation that lives in a state of expectancy. Amen. That are excited about the future. I said to Brenda last night, you know, we were a little tired from being at the funeral and on the road all day for the last couple of Saturdays. And I said, you know what, Brenda? Revival starts in the morning. (laughs) Revival starts in the morning. I am fully expecting what the prophets have seen, what the prophets have prophesied. I'm fully expecting the rain to fall, the glory to invade this nation, the glory of the Lord to invade the barrier. Amen. I'm in, I'm I'm living in a state of expectancy. Amen. Regardless of how it may feel or regardless how it may look. See, we must stir ourselves up 
and stay encouraged in the Lord. And aren't you glad that you've got the encourager living on the inside of you? He's your comforter. He's your counselor. He's your intercessor. He's your standby. Amen. And he is your strengthener. Look at your neighbor and please stay stirred up. So we are all going to be facing some very, very difficult situations in life. Sometimes it looks dark. Sometimes it looks hopeless. Amen. And this happens oftentimes when some of our goals, some of our dreams, some of our visions are delayed. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, and I I got the wrong verse up there for the voice, so we won't be looking at that. But in Proverbs 13, in verse 12, it says this, that hope deferred, or we could say it this way, that hope delayed maketh the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Now, I, I really enjoy what the message translation says of Proverbs chapter 13 and in verse 12. Listen very carefully. Unrelenting disappointment leaves your heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Amen. Amen. Anybody ready for a suddenly? The voice says this, hope postponed grieves the heart, but when a dream comes true, life is full and life is sweet. Now, if we lived our life according to the world, we understand this, that the world offers very little, if not no hope. In the world, hope quickly runs out. That's why we don't live according to the world, we live according to the Word. The 119th Psalm says this way, You are my hiding place and you are my shield I hope in your word. I choose hope. Amen? So in, 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 in Romans 15, it says this, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, they were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, that we might have hope. The Scriptures are so important to hide in our heart. The scriptures are so important to read and to meditate on. The word of the Lord will breathe hope into your spirit. The word of the Lord will cause faith to come. The word of the Lord will enable you to see the things that God has for you in your future. And I want to tell you today, no matter how much the enemy may be coming against you, he cannot take your hope away if you will not let him. As long as you have hope, as long as I have hope, we have possibilities. So don't be discouraged. Don't get upset. Let us expect some sudden breaks. Let us expect God to act. Let us expect God to move in our family. Let's expect God to move in our bodies. Let's expect God to move in our communities. Expect God to move in your finances. You know, He's the God of increase and He's the God of promotion. Hallelujah. You may be working at a company right now that you may own another couple years. I didn't get a real strong amen to that. I I don't want to own that company. (laughs) Well, whatever. Trying to help you up in here. 
<laughs> Psalms. Let's look at Psalms 42, verse 5 and 6 from the Message Translation. This is great. David addressed a hopeless situation. David addressed this. He said, Why are you down in the dumps, dear soul? Why are you crying the blues? Fix my eyes on God. And soon, when I do that, what will I be doing? I'll be praising Him again. He puts, like Brenda said, He puts what on our face? Everybody just smile. It's just good to smile, isn't it? It is. Amen. You ought to be known as the person that walks in the room and lights it up. Instead of, oh, here comes bad news. Watch out. No, 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 no. The love of God and the joy of the Lord will cause people to be drawn. Amen. He puts a smile on my face. He's my God. When my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. Now, look at that phrase. I rehearse everything I know of you. In other words, I choose hope and one way that I choose it is I rehearse what I know to be true. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've been doing that for over 40 years. Just rehearsing what I know to be true. I looked up the word rehearse And it means to say again. It means to repeat. It means to hold fast. I rehearse what I know. Here's what we know from the Word of God. We know that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We know that even once we were dead in trespasses and sins, we know now that we are new creations in Christ Jesus and that old things have passed away and all things have become new. It's vital to rehearse what you know. Here's what we know. We know that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We know that there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Here's what we know. We know that we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We know that we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We know that, oh, glory to God, we're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. This is what we know. This is what we know. But faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by continually rehearsing what we know to be true. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You can program your spirit. You can program your spirit with the Word of the Lord. And when the Word of the Lord is in you, there's nothing that could come against you that can take you out because you know that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. 
So he said, when my soul is in the dumps, I rehearse everything I know of you. Let me say this. Don't wait until you have a real battle in your soul to do some rehearsing. It's important to rehearse what you know every day of your life. When seemingly in the natural realm, everything is going good. Amen? Rise up and declare, even when your body is completely and totally healed, by His stripes, I was healed. I am healed. Glory to God. Devil come along and talk to you and say, well, you're not even sick. You just tell them, and they ain't going to be none neither. Why? What we're doing is we're programming our spirit. And we're building ourselves up, not only by praying in the Holy Ghost, but we're building ourselves up by this covenant that we have with a good, good God. Amen? Amen. So again, rehearse what you know. Amen. We know that our Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. Amen. Yesterday when we said goodbye to Donnie, I know that I'll see him again. Amen. I know that there's a family in heaven. I know there's a family in earth. And I know that soon and very soon, the family in heaven and the family in earth is going to be joined together. And that is an encouragement to your soul. For you that have loved ones that have already gone on to be the Lord, we haven't lost them. We know exactly where they're at. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. Now, turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. And we notice here in the uh, amplified version of Hebrews 10, 23, he says, So let us seize and hold fast. Notice these words. Let us seize, let's take hold of, and hold fast and retain. I believe that one of the ways that we retain the word is by rehearsing the word. Amen? Amen. And retain without wavering the hope which we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, he is sure, and he is faithful to his word. So very important words. Seize, hold fast, and retain, confess, and acknowledge he's reliable and faithful to his word. Isn't that good? Now this reminds me of a verse that is so very powerful that I've preached over the years. It's found in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12. And I want you to, to, to look over there, and I don't know whether I have it up there in the scriptures or not. But the children of Israel were, were kind of away from the stronghold. They were away from the temple. They were in captivity. And God is inviting them to return, to return to the stronghold. He said over there in uh, the King James Version, he says, Turn ye to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render what? Double. So there's double available to those that will return. There's double that is available to those who are prisoners of hope and who will not let go of their hope. Now I want you to, I want to unpack this for you just a little bit. Let's keep that verse up there. Prisoners of hope is an expression And it's used to describe 
those who have waited a long, long time. In the children of Israel's case, they had waited a long, long time for something to happen to them so that they could return to the stronghold. Translating this into where we are at today, prisoners of hope is an expression used to describe those that have waited for a long, long time for a specific answer, prayer to be answered. Anybody been waiting? Anyone been hoping? Now, we're not talking about hoping, wishing. We're talking about hoping confidently and joyfully, expecting, amen, God to move in our lives. Now, the word prisoners, notice this. Turn ye to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto you. Now, this word prisoners in this verse is a translation of a Hebrew word whose verb form means to tie down, to hold down, to bind in order to keep in one place. We could say it this way, that hope is the prisoner. In other words, we lock hope in our hearts and refuse it to allow to escape out of our lives. You've got to hold fast to those hopes. Hope can become like a prisoner. You're not going to let it go. Amen. You're tying down that hope in your heart and nothing is going to move you off of what you confidently and favorably expect. Joyce Meyer said this. She said, over the years, I've learned how to lock, lock myself up in a prison of hope. Knowing that God has nothing but his best plan for me. He promised me things concerning my ministry and my life. And hope is what helped me to hold on to God in the early years of my life and ministry. Dick Mills was a man of God. I believe he might have gone on to be with the Lord. But Dick Mills was a man of God. I sat in one of his sessions one time. And he would look over the congregation and he would point to a lady and point to a man over there. And he'd give them a scripture. And that scripture was something that would give them hope. Well, eight years before, he had given an airline stewardess a word concerning her husband. He gave her a word concerning that he would be saved. At the time, he wasn't living for God and he wanted nothing to do with God. And so one day, Dick boarded an airline, and she said, do you remember me? He said, no, I'm sorry, I don't. But she said, eight years ago, you gave me a scripture concerning my husband. Oh, glory to God. And she said, Dick, I locked that promise up in my heart, and I kept it. I locked it in my heart, and I kept it. In other words, she kept holding on to the promise as a prisoner of hope. Later, her husband was not only saved, but he began family devotions in the home, enrolled in a local Bible study group, and was preparing for ministry. So her hope resulted in a double portion. Salvation of her husband and a future wife of a minister of the gospel. Amen. What are you expecting? 
What have you got in your heart? What's on the inside of you? I'm encouraging you this morning to keep it alive, to keep it active, to don't let it go. In Hebrews, the sixth chapter and verse 19, it says this. Hebrews 6, 19 says, Now we have this hope. Amen. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches farther and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. Oh my goodness. What does an anchor do? An anchor holds the boat steady. An anchor keeps you from drifting. An anchor will keep you steadfast. And it's just like that anchor that keeps a boat steady and keeps you steadfast. Hope is that anchor to your soul. When you're tempted to drift, when you're tempted to let go, when the storms of life come, that hope is like a solid anchor in your soul. It'll hold you. It'll keep you. Glory to God. So I'm encouraging you today to choose hope over discouragement. Say it with me. Hope Hope. anchors my soul. Now you need to be aware of the hope thief. One of the biggest hope thieves is the passage of time. The passage of time. Well, so much time has gone by. And so much has happened within this time. I just don't know whether or not I can still believe God. No, you've got to get rid of that attitude. And retain and hold fast to the hope. Here's what uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 and 36 says. It says this. Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. For what does it carry? It carries with it what? Don't fling it away. Verse 36, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and and carry away and enjoy to the full what has been promised. Amen. Amen. Now, understand this, that faith is our foundation. Faith is our foundation. And hope is our expectancy. Now, you cannot expect something to happen in your life that is outside the Word of God or that's outside the will of God. So in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the first verse, notice this verse with me. And we'll work with this just a little bit longer. Read it with me. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. One translation says it this way. Faith is the confidence that we hope for, that it will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I love this definition of Hebrews 11, part A. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the firm foundation of those things that we expect. Not, oh, I sure hope so. 
Listen, folks, if you're in faith and you have the word, then you can expect what the word says to come to pass in your life. If I know that the word of God says that God meets all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, I can fully expect then the money to come. If I know that he is my healer and that by his stripes I'm healed, I'm fully expecting my body to change. Amen. Amen. So maintain then a heightened state of expectancy. Don't get weary. Get excited. Stay full of joy. Here's what Romans 12, 12 says. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Somebody says rejoice in hope. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? You can praise God in hope. You can shout to God in triumph in hope. You can give thanks to God in hope. In other words, rejoice in confident expectation, seeing the vision and seeing the victory. Now I've discovered this, that the only way that I can be patient in the midst of problems is by rejoicing in hope. Amen. Sometimes you just got to do a little dance. Sometimes you need to do some shouting. Amen. When you practice the presence of God and the goodness of God and the joy of the Lord in the midst of a hopeless situation, you will knock Satan out. You'll knock him right out. Flat on his back. In Romans, the fifth chapter, it says that we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I want to close over in Acts chapter 27. Acts the 27th chapter. And we know that we will begin in verse 20. Acts 27 and verse 20. This is when Paul was on the way to Rome. And he warned the captain of the ship, we should not sail. I perceive that this voyage is going to be with much hurt and great damage not only of the ship, but also of those that are on the ship. But the Bible says that the south wind blew softly, and they launched out anyway, okay? So on this journey, Paul is on divine appointment on his way to Rome. And then suddenly there comes a great storm. The Greek says that the name of the storm was Eurekladon. Eurekladon came to wreck the ship and to wreck their lives. Someone said, Eurekladon was a storm with extremely bad intentions. No matter how you measure it, there ain't nothing good about typhoons. There ain't nothing good about hurricanes. Down in the south, they call them hurricanes. There is nothing good about earthquakes. I did not learn a lesson in the earthquake of 1989. The only thing I learned is, glory to God, take my authority and use my authority. So this this storm had extremely bad intentions. And the storms of life come to each and every one of us. It may not be a Eurekladon. It might be a cancer, whatever the case may be. We know that the enemy has bad intentions. And I want to pick it up in Acts 27 and verse 20. 
And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Now notice verse 21. But after long abstinence, Paul stood up. How many of you know you've got to stand up sometimes in the middle of a storm? Paul stood up. He stood forth in the midst of that. And he said, sirs, you should have hearkened unto me. Nah, 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 nah. I told you so. No, that wouldn't have done him any good to have an attitude. He said, sirs, you should have hearkened to me. Amen. And not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to do what? Now, what did our text say in Romans 15, 13? The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. We looked at the scripture which says that we are to rejoice in hope, to be patient in tribulation. There is a connection between maintaining your hope and choosing your hope and keeping your hopes alive in joy. The two are very closely connected together. You will never see a hopeful person walking around with their head down and say, I just got so much hope, Pastor. I just know, I just know that God's going to heal me when he gets in a better mood. I just know that the Lord's going to supply my need someday. Oh, Jesus, someday. Ooh, Jesus, Jesus, someday. I want you all to pray for me. I'm full of joy. That's not very convincing. As a matter of fact, that is, that is extremely non-convincing. I mean, what if Brenda got up today with the microphone and said, It's Sunday. I know y'all had to come a long way today. Park in the back. Maybe the Lord will do something for you. Now, both of us have had days like that where we felt like that. <laughs> But we don't live by feeling. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by the Word. We walk by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, when you go to bed tonight, you might as well say it. You might as well believe it. It's going to be the greatest Monday I've ever had in my entire life. Tomorrow morning is a day that the Lord has made. Glory to God. Somebody said, but I don't feel that way. Well, pour you a cup of Pete's, a cup of Starbucks, get you a triple espresso, whatever you need. But by all means, start praising God. Start worshiping God. Let the caffeine kick in. Do whatever you got to do. Let the Holy Ghost cause you to rise up and face your future with a smile. It'll make a big difference in your life, guys. It'll change you and it'll change people around you. Well, it's just so windy yesterday. It's going to be too hot tomorrow. Baby, whiny, 
We don't need any spiritual winos. Always moaning, always groaning, always complaining. Nothing is ever right. I tell you, everything is right in that book. Everything is right in your spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just thank God for it. Let's thank God for it. There's a connection, my brothers, by being hopeful and being joyful. Woo! Amen. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord. It is your strength. The depression of the devil is your weakness. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him, for he is the health of my countenance. He is my God. You know, he is God, you know. He said, now I exhort you, verse 22, be a good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. But the ship's going to go, but you're going to live. Some of you need to be grateful that you're alive today. Many of us should have been dead and been in hell for decades. But we're breathing. We're living. We're rejoicing. Hallelujah. (coughs) And God is perfecting everything that concerns our lives. He said, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Don't limit God. God's got angels on assignment working for you. Hallelujah. Don't disqualify yourself from the blessing of God through unbelief, fear, and doubt. Rise up in faith and say the angels of the Lord are ministering on my behalf. Good things are coming my way today. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Don't be afraid, Paul. You're going to go before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them and everyone that sails with you. And I love verse 25. Let's read verse 25 together. Amen. Wherefore, sirs, let's say it together. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Woo, let's read it again. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe... In other words, I've got God's word on this. We're going to make it. We're not going under. We're going over. Hallelujah. Be of good cheer. Woo. For I've got a promise. Because I have a promise, I've got some confident, joyful, favorable expectation that it shall be even as it was told me. Stand up, everybody. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, the devil. Ha, 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 the devil. Ha, 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 the devil. Woo. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. That's moving past your enemies. To move past your enemies, you got to talk to some sirs. Hallelujah. 
You got to say something to those sirs that are telling you that it'll never be. Wherefore, sirs, Mr. Devil, I believe God. Woo, hallelujah. Say it with me. Wherefore, sirs, I believe I receive. I believe God. And it's going to be just like he said it would be. Let's sing something and rejoice today.